0: welcome into a to z sports prime time from the superbook sports studios i'm your host buck rising and i'm proud as always to be presented to you by our friends at superbook sports go to superbook.com to get the best odds boost and promo bets around superbook uh, is where you go for the best bets. The best place to wager is always the Superbook Sports app. You can uh, go to the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage if you want the Intel Edge you need to succeed in this red hot Nashville real estate market. GaryAshton.com will get you right with the best Intel in Middle Tennessee and TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. TrueMathFitness.com is where you go for your first workout free and to find out any of the, uh, to find out any level of their membership options. True math fitness is the place that will get you right ahead of boating season and lake season. Matt S says, Buck is definitely going to rage at a comment tonight. Yeah, you're right. I'm pissed off for no reason. I'm fired up for no reason. I'm, I'm ready to get after somebody's ass the way that your defense needs to be able to get after a couple of different quarterbacks. ass if you're going to want to win this division, if you're going to need to win this division. It's probably not going to be on the strength of your offense in 2023. Now, I say that ahead of the NFL draft. I say that uh, prior to free agency really being complete. In fact, we're really just a week into the official start of free agency at this point. But I say all of that because we know the state of the division. The goal is to win the division, to make the playoffs, to make the playoffs, to win the Super Bowl, and on and on and on it goes to do it year after year after year. Well, you have to first win the division. That's the starting point for all of these conversations. And so why I'm focused specifically on the AFC South is now that we're a full week into free agency, I think you can kind of take a step back, look around at what all these other teams have done and see, okay, truly, how well do I stack up if I'm a Titans fan against the Colts, the Texans and the division champions, the reigning division champion, Jacksonville Jaguars. And how is it that I leapfrog those three teams to get myself back into a position to succeed so with that being said uh I want to uh I want to discuss uh whether you think or what you think who you think rather has the best roster in the division at this point between the Titans the Jags the Texans and the Colts who do you think has the best roster in the AFC South it's your two rivers Ford take you're gonna uh, react to that and we will discuss. Right after, I remind you that your Two Rivers Ford take is presented by our friends at Two Rivers Ford. Go to Two Rivers Ford for the best car buying experience humanly possible. Two Rivers Ford always goes above and beyond to sell all non-specialty new Ford vehicles below MSRP. They are the best dealership in the city. They're the best dealership in the mid-state. They're the best dealership in the state of Tennessee And in my personal opinion, in the country, Two Rivers Ford always goes above and beyond to make sure you feel no pressure throughout the course of the car buying experience. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, how do the rosters stack up at this point? Where do you see the Titans in the division comparative to the rest of the AFC South? Uh, (laughs) Same shirt. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, a very inside joke, uh, on the primetime show that not a single other one of you are going to get, but yes, indeed, not a lie. All facts around here on the primetime show. I had, uh, a, had a, some work to do this evening, so I had to make it happen. Um, let's see, Derrick Henry alone is better than half of the division. Well, that's simply not so because Derrick Henry was a part of a roster who lost seven straight games last year. Uh, Nate, uh, Nate's burner says these dudes saying Colts second, really with a bunch of laughing face emojis, MK zipper club on YouTube says idiot Titans fan base, L M A O laughing at the, uh, laughing at the fan base that he's calling idiots, which is largely, uh, the majority of you. So, you know, you can take these things out on MK zipper club if you so choose. But as you look at a, at the kind of things, the moves that they've made in free agency, right, specifically to the Titans, we know this, that they're practical, that these are not uh, these are not contracts that are going to linger beyond 2023. This is not a bunch of dead money that they're going to have on the books. If the players don't work out, they've got six new players on the roster. And it's been my position, as you guys know, I'd rather have six functional potential starters than go all in on one record-setting contract, one market-resetting contract, for one player at a position of need. Now, with all that being said, defensively the Titans still have the edge. They still have Jeffrey Simmons. They still have uh, Kevin Byard for the time being. We'll see how much that changes in the uh, in the coming weeks, and we will uh, we will discuss at length how much better this team can potentially get and where they may need to add pieces and parts. But as you look at the as you look at the rosters, um, I would say that the Jags, by nature of having the franchise quarterback already on the roster and a lot of competent pieces in place, I'd say the Jags have the best roster in the division. Second, I would agree with the commenter. Um, uh, I, I didn't see whom ever said that the Colts have the second best team in the, uh, or the second best roster post the first week of free agency, right? We still have draft. We still have post-draft free agency. We still have undrafted rookies that we need to get through. So these are not complete rosters at this time. But uh, you have, I would say, the Jags. I would say the Colts second. I would say the Titans third. And I would say the Houston Texans fourth. But I think the Texans have the potential to leapfrog the Titans as far as the competency within the, the, the division is concerned. I do think the Colts have the second most talented roster in the AFC South right now. They still have Shaq Leonard. They still have DeForest Buckner. You have uh, you have a couple of different players who left in free agency like uh, Bobby uh, Okereke, but EJ Speed was resigned. They still have a lot of fun players defensively and pending the quarterback situation. um, You know, the offense isn't completely lost in the shuffle. They uh, the attrition that they had, they don't have Paris Campbell anymore. He's an unrestricted free agent. He has been a bust thus far in his Colts career, but I would say that the Colts are the second most talented team in the division as we sit right now. Now, I think the Titans still have the edge over the Texans. I think the draft can change that. I think that the Texans could very easily leapfrog the Titans right now because the Texans have 12 draft picks to to the Titans six. They have a lot more opportunity to add higher profile talent. They have the opportunity to trade for higher profile talent. They've got the capital to get this thing done. If they so choose and the Titans, um, you know, they've added players and I think that they, I think they have the ability to rebound, but they're a piss poor football team. When last we saw them, there's no disputing that This a roster lost seven straight games. Now, a lot of those pieces and parts are gone. Um, you have Dennis Daly signing a two-year deal in Arizona. I mean, I, I almost want to hold my nose thinking about the idea that Dennis Daly got a contract anywhere, much less two years. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's any disputing that you look around at the Titans roster right now and still after the first round of free agency say, yeah, this is still not, I'm not sold. Um, I I was talking to, I was talking to producer Lucas, uh, on the radio show or getting ready for the radio show today. Um, we typically get on the phone about an hour before the show and put the show together before we go on the air at 10. And I was saying to Lucas, like, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know how to quantify it. We're not through the offseason process yet, so the roster isn't complete. But I have this gut feeling that the Titans are just going to be absolutely wretched in 2023. Now, I don't know how to I don't know how to describe that, but there's nothing necessarily about the Titans roster moves that have alleviated that concern for me. Um, I don't think that they're going to finish last in the last in the division. I think they still hold the edge over teams I think that Mike Vrabel is still a better coach uh, than what they have both in Houston with first-year coaches, and in Indianapolis, um, I think that Mike gives them a chance to succeed, no matter what circumstances that they're in. But I largely feel that this this season could potentially be wretched for the Tennessee Titans, and I don't know. I don't know what else to ascribe that to, other than I have a feeling in my gut that they're about due for a shitty season, right? So that doesn't mean anything. That's just kind of premonitions about the season. I have no idea what's going to happen. The Jags may completely fall off the cliff. Uh, the Texans may rebound in ways that we can't expect. The Colts may actually be competent in 2023 and the Titans may be better than I'm going to giving them credit for. I have no idea what's going to happen, but I do, uh, I do think that the, uh, that I think everything right now trending towards, um, trending towards this season doesn't necessarily indicate any signs that this is going to be a substantially improved football team than the one that went seven and 10 last year. Now, uh, uh, what, uh, how not to on YouTube says is true, Buck. Most people know this is a Titans down year. Well, I think you can make the argument. Well, let me, let me play devil's advocate to both. Cause like I said, I do think that this is, this potentially could be a very shitty season for the Titans, but I do think that there is a, uh, that there's something that we're ignoring in all of this. And I'll explain what I mean by that here in just a second. Right after I remind you that the A to Z sports primetime show is presented by the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address without the stress. The Ashton team will put you in a position to succeed with the Intel Edge you need and that only they can provide. GaryAshton.com will make sure that you get your dream address without the stress, will help you sell for more with the Intel that they possess, and will always make sure that you get what you want out of your investment because a home is an investment here in middle tennessee especially with the way that the market is situated they did the same for me almost four years ago before years ago in june that i got my dream address courtesy of GaryAshton.com. you can do the same with the official real estate agent of the nashville predators uh so looking at the circumstances so I think a lot of people are are acknowledging or Titans fans are coming to terms with or all these different things that in all likelihood, this is going to be a down year for the Tennessee Titans. Now, you could, you could say that 2022 was the down year, that starting seven and three kind of confused you a little bit because they had no business starting seven and three, right? I, given the way that they ended seven and ten. So you can make the argument that the Titans have already gotten the down year out of the way and that they now have the baseline for how much better they can be. Now, if they bottom out at 7 and 10 in the Mike Vrabel era, it's not good because they missed the playoffs. They shit the bed. They lost seven straight games. They were an atrocity. They coaches were fired. General managers were fired. Players were cut and they try they're trying to reboot this thing. But if the bottom is seven and ten, then you're feeling pretty good about things. This is still a shitty division. This is still a terrible division. This is the worst division in football. Mm, No, the NFC South is probably the worst division in football, I think, seeing as we still don't uh, – pre-draft, the NFC South is for sure the worst division in football and probably post-draft because Carolina will still have a rookie quarterback. The Bucs, I guess, are going to go with Baker Mayfield. I think the Saints have Derek Carr, and that's the best team In the position, but there's no question. AFC South is is among the worst divisions in all of football. So it's not like it's going to take. I mean, you're not talking about 11 and 12 wins to win this division, right? The Jags got it with nine. So if you're operating with nine to 10 wins as the baseline, I think 10 wins, nine wins is totally achievable for a rebuilt Titans roster with a renewed coaching staff and you know with the competitive edge that we typically give them and some talent still in place, right? They still have the bones of a really, really talented team. It's just how much further they can get the bones of that up off the mat while the Texans, the Colts, and the Jags all have more promising long-term quarterback situations. Uh, trying to throw the ball to receive. Benji Hall on YouTube says, trying to throw the ball to receivers who can't get open with less than two seconds to throw is what happened last year. And it's tough to imagine that they would be worse offensively this year this coming year than they were in 2022. But I will say to you um that I also thought that it would be near impossible for the Titans to be as injured in 2022 as they were in 2021 and what happened they were damn near just as bad. So it can always be worse no matter how bad it feels at the time. And seven wins is not terrible by the way. Um it sucks if you're a Titans fan because they started 7 and 3 and they shut the bed. But it's not by any stretch of the imagination, like bottoming out the way that a lot of these franchises do. Eric White says, you guys are so negative LMAO. Well, okay. Am I being negative or am I being realistic? And that's the question I think you have to ask yourself all season long. Am I being negative just because I'm miserable? Just because I think my football team stinks just because I don't like my coach. I don't like my GM. I don't like my quarterback. I don't like, uh, whatever you don't like, whatever is causing you to be negative. Are you being negative just for the sake of negativity or being realistic? Because I think you can have both. I think you can be, I think both things can be true. It can be an overwhelmingly negative outlook on the Titans in 2023. And it also be realism. Because I think not enough people were realistic, myself included, by the way. I thought that they were going to be more competitive than they were. And they were clearly not a football team that was equipped to compete. So when I say that. Yes, you can take it as negative if you want to. You can be butthurt about it if you so choose. I think that's a waste of energy because if you're really focused on what this team is trying to accomplish, then you know, yeah, they're probably in not a great position. And anything that they do this year is probably gravy because it's not necessarily about trying to win a Super Bowl in 2023, but how much further you can get this thing up off the mat um, rather than just winning the division. But right now, you know, the goal is first and foremost about being the division. Titanium Titan says he's talking about the fans, Buck. Yeah, but I I that same principle applies. I don't think it's negativity. I I I mean, like, yeah, there will be some extremists, right? You're always you always have extremists who are miserable just for the sake of being unhappy, right? And those people you can't help. Those people I don't have time for, those people we don't have to waste our time with. They're just going to be unhappy about the situation, no matter what the situation bears itself out, bears itself out to be. But um, I think that uh, I think that on the whole, you can also be, you know, kind of realistic about what it is the outlook is for your team and then be, you know, pleasantly surprised if they overachieve or pleasantly displeased <laughs> if they underachieve, right? All these things. We have no idea what's going to happen at this point. We only know how it projects at this point. And really, we don't even know that. So let's talk about draft stock since we're talking about rebuilding or, you know, trying to keep position in the division, all these different things. The question that I want to ask you on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, if you would be so kind, uh, is this. Let me know in the comment section, wherever it is that you consume the show, what position would you draft 11th overall now that we're through the first wave of free agency? So with six new players on the roster, a couple of guys, familiar faces retained, does that impact the way that you would draft In the first round, what position would you draft 11th overall after free agency? That is a question I want you guys to consider in the comment section. Now, I think there's a lot of different ways that you can look at this, right? Because I think defensively, you're in a pretty good spot. I want you to hear some comments from Greg Cosell of NFL Films talking about one of the recent additions that you made, which is uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, who did not speak to the media on Tuesday because the contract was not yet official, but does offer some promise in a defense that prides itself on versatility, but, um, not enough, uh, not enough. I like the, I like the right. corner. They saw on Murphy Bunting. Sean Murphy Bunting on a one-year deal is, and I didn't realize he was only 25. I thought he'd been in the league for a little longer. John Murphy Bunting came out of college, a smaller school. Um, I always forget which
1: Michigan school he came out of, but he came out of one of the, the Michigan schools, not the university of I
0: Was about to say the directional schools, right?
1: Right, right, right. <laughs> um, really liked his college tape. I th- thought he showed some good things with the Bucks. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, he got hurt in the first game of the season and missed a lot of time, but he, he's versatile in that he can play outside. He can play inside. So he gives you the outside inside versatility. Um, uh, and, yeah, you know, I always thought he was a pretty good player. So I thought that was a good signing. You know, there, we've reached the point now after the first week of free agency, as you know, Buck, where there's a lot of one year deals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure the NFL PA isn't thrilled with that. But I think that's kind of the way it's worked after the sort of the main group of guys. signed.
0: So that's uh, a part of Greg Cosell's analysis. Of Sean Murphy Bunting. Um, On today's episode, that's a fresh install that's available to you wherever you get your podcast. Greg and I uh, broke down some free agency signings. We talked about the Elijah Moore trade, uh, the Browns getting Elijah Moore from the Jets. The Jets signing Mecole Hardman, who I know a lot of Titans fans like. So if you want some analysis from Greg on all of those things, um, you can check out the install wherever you get your podcast. There's a fresh one in your feed. Um, Robert informs me that the YouTube edition of the episode will be up tomorrow. So keep your eyes peeled for that on one Oh four, five, the zones, YouTube channel. So like Sean Murphy, bunting is an addition. I do think it helps the Titans defense hold serve in the division, but, uh, but either way, I think that we can talk about the draft and how it is that things project. We'll get your comments on this here in just a second, uh, right after I remind you. That the primetime show is made possible by TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Get your fitness journey started with the best workout plan and program humanly possible. That's TrueMav Fitness. Whether you want to try out the workouts for yourself, maybe you're unsure. Maybe you don't necessarily know. Maybe you're trying out a couple of different gym options. TrueMath Fitness offers you the opportunity to try their workouts with your first class free as a Middle Tennessee resident. You just go sign up at TrueMathFitness.com. That's where you can also check out their great membership options, find out more about their personal training, their group classes, look at the schedule. You can even do TrueMav on ClassPass if you so choose. You have so many different options to get yourself into better shape for you, for everyone who cares about you, because it's not just you that's impacted by you being less than you could be, but everybody else around you as well. Mav Fitness wants to help you achieve those goals with a new way to work out, a better way to work out, at truemavfitness.com so uh flex rfp says buck announced the date of the london game uh here's what i have been told about the london well here's what i know about the london game not what i've necessarily been told um it's going to be in october uh it's almost always week 5 or week 6 for these london games that's you know that lines up with october now that's not a certainty i can't give you an exact date Um, but I'm going to be in London. I'm fired up about it. I'm excited about it. I think we're going to do, I think we're going to take the show over to London. Lucas, Lucas travels with Titans radio. So Lucas will be there. I'll be there as a part of my job. Um, you know, I know the radio station has done shows, uh, for, I know in 2018 we did, um, well, I wasn't working at the radio station yet, but midday 180 did their radio show over there abroad and Keith Bullock and Javon curse, all kinds of people are, were there. A lot of you guys made the trip. I know a lot of my friends are making the trip. It's going to be a fantastic uh, experience to go back to London. I can't wait. I love London. Uh, I've been to London many, many times in my life. Uh, but those that trip was as much fun as I've had, I think, at any point um, since I've been going to London or going through London. Because you guys know that my family's in Egypt and we often stop through uh, London on our way to Cairo. So it's always a great time, but very unique place, incredible people, always very friendly. And to, you know, to get to cover a game over there, certainly a unique experience. So I'm fired up about that, but October is uh, about when you should be looking for those. Okay. That was actually super helpful. I'll see y'all there. Good. Looking forward to it. Uh, so what position would you draft at 11 overall, Uh wide receiver or solid O-line guy says Craig Baxter. Big Dog says, our O-line is situated. I would say I strongly disagree. Uh, Shavaz, or Shavaza, Shavaza, uh, Shavaza Harris says, real talk. Uh, We must draft a receiver to go along with Traylon Burks. But yeah, do you have to draft him at 11 overall, Shavaza? That's, I guess, my thing. Um, The way that I look at it, drafting a wide receiver 11th overall this year is kind of like drafting Corey Davis with the fifth overall pick in 2017. They tried to trade out of that draft pick, but they couldn't get a deal that was substantial enough for them where they felt they might still get a wide receiver. They liked Corey Davis fine. They just didn't like him at five. And ultimately, Corey did not end up panning out to be, you know, if you're drafting fifth overall, he's got to be a Hall of Famer. He's got to be Julio Jones, right? And Corey is not that. Um, Maybe, you know, in his third Career stint wherever he ends up because uh, it sounds like the Jets may cut him. Although they did trade Elijah Moore today and sign Nicole Hardman. So maybe that means Corey Davis is safe. I don't know. Right now he's in New York. Um, he may not be in the near future. But I think that tight end is a huge need. There are going to be first round tight ends this year. I don't think there's a first round wide receiver that's worth your salt picking at 11. Or you could do what I don't think would necessarily be the most popular among fans, but I think makes a lot of sense for who the Titans are. At 11th overall, you could get some pretty good defensive linemen or edge rushers and just decide that there's depth in this draft at tight end, wide receiver, and running back and offensive line. And then in the first round, you're just going to find ways to make people's lives a living hell. That was something Greg Cosell and I talked about today on the podcast while we previewed some edge rushers move forward one more uh edge prospect obviously there's a great many of them and these are all more you know top of line type players there there are great players to be found depth wise on days two and three as well and I don't know that all three of these guys are going to be first round picks but Will McDonald out of Iowa State Greg um is somebody that I really enjoyed watching now he's another one where I I don't necessarily know how you felt about watching him within their defense versus how he would be used in the nfl but that's the first thing that popped into my mind when i've watched a couple of his games so far
1: well he won't be used that way in the nfl you know Iowa State. you know i i started watching him in the summer of, of 2021 i believe um i think so yeah because I, I watched his 2020 tape and his 2021 tape and then of course his 2022 tape i'm still kind of working through that but i've seen enough um You hit it right on the head because they play that three-man front stuff, which, you know, a lot of teams do in college football. And because of that, he doesn't always play outside the offensive tackle as a true pass rusher. He often plays inside the offensive tackle, and he plays in a four-point stance very often with both hands on the ground, which never happens in the NFL. He's essentially an edge pass rusher, and that's what he'll be in the NFL Uh, More than likely, he'll be an outside linebacker. He'll probably play in a lot of those five-man fronts, those five two-base fronts for those five one-nickel fronts where, um, you know, he's on the edge. Um, I think you can move him around as well as a joker, you know, stand up, move him around. But he's got uh, – he's stronger than his his body type looks because I don't want to say he's thin, but, you know, he's not –
0: bulky you know now he's not um, hulking up there when when no, you look no, at him without no. pads on
1: um but he showed point of attack strength and there's no question he's got pass rush quickness and explosiveness i mean this guy has burst bend flexibility closing speed he's a loose sudden athlete i mean he's fluid he he really is is you're kind of a smooth looking pass rusher, you know, he can bend and and he can have motorcycle lean and flatten his rush path to the quarterback. So, you know, he's, he's a guy I liked from the moment I started watching him uh, and back, like I said, with his 2020 tape, and I haven't seen his name a lot. And all of a sudden I'm starting to see it in mock drafts. And, you know, I guess I could have told you that based on having watched him, but I knew that he would start moving up.
0: That's, So that's uh, Greg Cosell of NFL Films on this week's episode of The Install. Check out The Install wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Uh, Greg does an exceptional job with the analysis there, and we do it every Wednesday. Speaking of podcasts, quick plug, um, new 615 sessions as well in your A to Z Sports podcast feed. That is up both the video version on this very YouTube channel, with myself and Jimmy Wyatt of A to Z sport or rather of Tennessee and the audio version for wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Shavaza says, is it true that Mark Vrabel, Tim Kelly Rand Carthon and Chad Brinker attended Ohio state's pro day. I don't know about Mark Vrabel evil twin of Mike Vrabel, but Mike was there and the rest were too. So yes, there was a strong contingent Titans contingent present at uh, Mike Vrabel's alma mater, Ohio state today. So there's a couple of different prospects, whether it's Paris Johnson Jr., whether it's Jackson Smith and Jigba. They're probably not in the running for the quarterbacks. Although I saw a funny quote uh, come out of, uh, I think it was Jordan Reed of ESPN who tweeted it, saying that uh, basically um, going to Ohio State's Pro Day this year was like window shopping for a Lamborghini because, of course, Marvin Harrison Jr., is not draft eligible, but is going to be a phenomenal prospect, far better than any of these current wide receivers that are getting ready to come out. And uh, like I said, not draft eligible yet, but he was obviously in attendance. Um, sounds like he was doing some uh, on-field work as well. All right, let's do some rising and falling candidates. So I think defense would to- make total sense at 11. I think pass rush, edge rush, defensive line depth. Danico Autry's in the final year of his deal. I wouldn't hate Tyree Wilson, um, The uh, the Texas Tech. Uh, defensive end, I wouldn't hate, um, I wouldn't hate, uh, Will McDonald. I think there's a couple of different edge guys that I'm totally in favor of at 11 overall that I necessarily would not have been if they didn't make the offensive line moves that they already have at 11 at, uh, in free agency thus far. So let's move on and let's do the rising and falling candidates. Whose stock rose, whose stock fell the most in sports this week? We'll talk about it together. Right after I remind you that the primetime show is presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app today and they'll match your first bet up to $1,000 win or lose. They will always go above and beyond to make sure that you enjoy the betting experience. Superbook Sports has such great odds boost and promo bets. You can find out more information about their prop bets too at superbook.com. Superbook uh, is where you go for all your favorite major sports, whether it's basketball, baseball on the horizon. Well, baseball technically already underway with spring training and the World Baseball Classic. So many great sports, so many great odds, so much fun to be had in the Superbook Sports app. So download it today. Go to Superbook.com. for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. So, um, who stock rose, Who stock fell the most in sports this week. Let's talk about it. Uh, let's see the vol stock up says Chris Frazier. Uh, yes, Tennessee in the sweet 16 game getting ready to take place tomorrow. Madison square garden, the FAU owls, the opponent should be a very spicy matchup at this particular point in time. One that I'm very much looking forward to watching play out. It's going to be a rock fight. I'm certain. Anytime the University of Tennessee is involved. Uh, you have, let's see, um pred stock down. Uh with the uh pred stock down, according to Chris Frazier. They won last night. They're technically it's still in postseason contention, which is kind of shocking to me. But uh still, Pred's still alive. So um they've got less. What have they got three weeks left in their season? Maybe less, two weeks left in their regular season. So Pred still have a chance to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. but they're like five games back of the uh, second wildcard spot right now. Uh, John Calipari, stock is falling again. Uh, I mean, they're out of the tournament, Kentucky is, but uh, I do think that Cal, I do think that Cal, I don't know. I'd be shocked if Kentucky decided to run him off. But again, there's a high expectation in Lexington for college basketball. And it delights me that Wildcat fans are going through it because I hate the University of Kentucky more than I, even more than I hate Purdue. And that's saying something but I think the person who needs their stock to rise the most or whose stock has risen the most is baseball. Baseball for a six-week span in the World Baseball Classic has been fun as hell. I've never watched this much baseball in my life. I watched almost every inning of Japan ousting the U.S. last night, Shohei Otani striking out Mike Trout, the electricity at Lone Depot Park in Miami with the Cuban team. Uh, you've got all different kinds of uh, backgrounds, all different kinds of ethnicities, all different kinds of nationalities, partying around baseball. That shit doesn't happen in real life. So when I'm watching the final out last night of the World Baseball Classic, I'm I'm in my seat. I'm yelling at the TV. Baseball's never made me do that in my entire life. Stock up, World Baseball Classic.
1: He throws. Trout strikes out, swinging!
0: Otani and Japan celebrate a World Baseball Classic championship. So, uh, electric all throughout the course of the World Baseball Classic, I have, uh, I have seen, um, like I said, more baseball in the last couple of weeks than I have in my entire life. Bryce Erickson says, baseball, no thanks. Wake me up in September. That's fine if you're talking about the MLB, Bryce, but you, you are sorely mistaken. I think it goes in this order. The World Baseball Classic, which is basically the World Cup for Baseball, college baseball, MLB. Like, and I don't think it's close with college baseball and MLB. It is so much fun to see different countries celebrating this way, to see the celebration around baseball. And it's got to be kind of jarring for people who are baseball diehards to see America's pastime celebrated with so much more vigor and energy by countries everywhere else in the world, other than the U.S., where we're all just kind of like, yeah, I'll go to a baseball game if there's nothing else to do on a Saturday in, uh, in July or, uh, in, you know, I guess, uh, baseball getting ready to pick up in earnest here very shortly. But if there's nothing to do on a, on a summer day, yeah, you go to a baseball game. Maybe you spend half your time looking at the phone. Um, but, uh, yeah, baseball, baseball fans are a dying breed. At least major league baseball fans are a dying dying breed. And I would much rather commit my baseball energies to six weeks of world baseball classic than, have to give a damn about 162 Major League Baseball games a year where the play is not nearly as fun and the environment not nearly as exciting. Okay, it's going to do it for us tonight on the primetime show. Good one? Longer one this evening. Thanks for spending time with us. Uh, radio show tomorrow. Voice of the Vols, Bob Kessling, live from New York City. He'll join us on game day because Tennessee's getting ready to take on FAU in the Sweet 16. Joel Corey, former NFL agent, we will talk about Lamar Jackson the feasibility of it here in Tennessee. We'll also talk about the idea of asking players to take a pay cut, given that they've just done that with Kevin Bayard. We'll have a great time from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone, so we hope you guys will join us there. If not, I will have you for one more primetime show tomorrow night here on A to Z Sports. Check out the install. Check out the 615 Sessions podcast because I've got four shows that I'm responsible for every week and all four of them take place on Wednesdays every week. They're all fun. They're all different. Uh, You know, you just got to suffer through a little extra meat, which I know some of you uh, would rather not do, but it's fine because you got Jimmy white on the six one five and you've got Greg Cosell on the install to help balance out some of the meanness. But anyway, have a great rest of your night. One more primetime show tomorrow. Radio show starts at 10 a.m. And we will talk to you at some point then. are you surprised to hear that?